Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on LettermanRow.com. It has been a, a minute since we've had an opportunity to catch up uh, with Spencer Holbrook and myself, Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, we are talking Ohio State recruiting, and that's what we do here on Talking Stuff. We are at Roosters on Olin Tangy, uh, down the road from Ohio Stadium, Ohio State, as uh, we're going to be doing some other work stuff here. But Let's dive into recruiting. Spencer, it has been, uh, a, a, like I said, almost two weeks now, or a little over two weeks since we filmed the talking stuff uh, because we were out in Phoenix for the Fiesta Bowl and then the holiday season and all that. We have not actually had a chance to really break down what happened on signing day. Um, what, what is the one thing, the, the biggest takeaway, the biggest concern, I guess, for, for you as you look at the Buckeyes class heading into the next month? Because what's done is done, right? I mean, signing day is over. 25 guys are signed. 24 guys are signed. I apologize. Clark Phillips ends up signing with Utah. He's gone. Uh, it's no no road back. I mean, he's going to be enrolling at Utah on Monday. What, what do you see as the biggest need for Ohio State moving forward? Well, the two things that I took away from signing day were, one, what did happen? That's C.J. Stroud committing to Ohio State, which was huge for the program. But the other thing that didn't happen, actually, on signing day is Cam Martinez signing. Cam Martinez is still out there. Cam Martinez can still be recruited by other programs yeah. starting on January 17th. Well, I, I mean, they can start recruiting him now. He's allowed to have conversation. He can't see anybody in person. He can't go visit other schools. And that's I think that's what's important, though, yeah. is the, the January 17th deadline because Ohio State – for Cam Martinez's sake, should probably have somebody in place by January 17th to say, hey, Cam, this is who's going to be coaching you. Yeah. So that way Pat Fitzgerald and P.J. Fleck can't go into the living room and say, hey, this is this is who you're going to be coached by. You don't know who you're going to be coached by over there. Yeah, the And I think that's thing, really important. The interesting thing is that those two schools, Northwestern and Minnesota, are the two that have commonly been brought up uh, in the Cam Martinez sweepstakes as the, <clears throat> the teams that he's really still looking at. He's taken official visits to both of those schools already, so that that's something to keep in mind. It's not like, so that's out. You so it's not like he can go visit there on their dime. If he wants to drive to Chicago and see Northwestern or, or fly over to Minnesota and, and see Minnesota again, he can. But he's going to have essentially three weekends. So there's the 17th, the 24th, and then the 1st of February, and those are the three weekends. So uh, he's taken the official visits to those spots. So for Cam to find a different school that he's interested in, or if he wants to really look at other programs, he's only going to have a, a finite amount of time. He has told me that part of his plan is to get down to Ohio State sometime in January to sit down with whomever the new uh, defensive backs coach is, co-defensive coordinator. We're still under the impression that that's going to be Kerry Combs. There's nothing that has happened that has changed my mind on that. Uh, I think that Ohio State has communicated that. They have expected that to be the case. The fact that they haven't named an, a, a defensive coordinator and a secondary coach to this point uh, is one thing. But then the other part of that is there hasn't been discussion about any other names. Yeah, and Kerry Combs is still coaching. Right. So he's, he's not going to just leave the Titans in the middle of a playoff run. Right. He's trying to win a Super Bowl. And uh, the fact that there hasn't been other names brought up is the thing to me that says, hey, this is clearly the direction this is going. Because in the way these coaches' searches go, we constantly are hearing, okay, well, this guy's interested, this guy's interested. And there have been people who've reached out and said, oh, this person is interested in the job, but there has not been any pursuit by it's, Ohio State. It's almost like the Browns having interest in Urban Meyer. Of course they have interest in right. Urban Meyer. Of course these coaches have interest in Ohio State. Right. Ohio State's an NFL factory and a great university to be a part of, but that doesn't mean Ohio State has interest in them. Ohio State has interest in one particular right. name. It's Kerry Combs. He's still in the NFL uh, trying to win a Super Bowl, like you said. It's kind of like the Jeff Halfley thing. Right. Jeff Halfley probably wanted to recruit for Boston College, but guess what? 
He made a pledge to Ohio State that he was going to try and win a national title. Well, the early signing period changes everything for yeah. these coaches. Yeah, and, for, and for Jeff Halfley, I mean, all those guys are signed. He had no reason to to work on Boston College stuff because he couldn't recruit for their team anyway. And it's interesting how you see the early signing period. And I'm, ah, man. I hate the early signing period. Like, I hate it. I hate it. I think it's the worst. You saw today, Friday, Mississippi State fires Joe Moorhead after two seasons. They've got all these kids that they just signed two weeks ago, and then they fire their, fire the head coach. And it's like, unless you are enrolling early, and I don't know if recruits ever watch this show or listen to this show, but unless you're enrolling early, don't sign early. Don't do it. There's no value. Yeah, but now programs see Don't that- do it. Now programs see the early signing period as the signing period, and if you don't sign then, they question your commitment to the university. Yeah, but and that's just it's crazy to me. It's, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's all about a power play. It's all about trying to convince kids that you're not loyal. It's where you, are the but, chips. But it's all it is. Right now, the recruits and the players have the chips. Yeah, especially if you're a player going to a place like Ohio State, and I, that's why you know Buckeyes fans were probably and understandably, justifiably concerned about Cameron Martinez, but like. What what reason does he have to sign early? Well, and it's you can even take it a little more local than the Mississippi State thing, which just broke today. Chris Parcher's just left Michigan right. for for Ole Miss. He's a massive recruiter for Michigan, right. and so those guys who were recruited by him to play not really for him, but to play right. in I mean, the he's, program. He's that, a safeties coach. He's sort of just a hired assassin on the recruiting trail, like uh, Jordan Morant. Right? right. It, it, he might have. Jordan committed. Morant is a guy from New Jersey, which is Partridge's hometown. He, who was planning to go play defensive back for Partridge. And and unlike the Jeff Athlete thing where he takes the job before the guys, right. so the guys can still look around, Partridge has him signed. He is signed. Yeah. So unless he files for a release, not saying he wants to, maybe he wants to play for Jim Harbaugh, which that's a decision on hey, itself. everyone has but, their thing. You know, he has to get a release if he wants to leave. And I think that's a, that's a weird road we're going down in the NCAA. If you have to get a release because your coach was able to take another job instantly. Yeah, but all the kids at Mississippi State are probably going to ask for a release. And that's, you're going to watch over this weekend, they're going to have like 15 kids released from LOIs. And all of a sudden, whatever the head, that's what I just don't understand. Like, you're Mississippi State. Are you going to get better than Joe Moorhead? I don't know. And, and if you are, how are you going to do that next year? So next year's, a, next year's a waste. Yeah, you're five and seven. So now you're, four you're, and eight. Yeah. your new head coach is. Way behind the eight ball. Anyway, this isn't a Mississippi State it's just show. Early signing period, jibber jabber. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a Mississippi State stuff uh, show. We're talking stuff about Ohio State recruiting. But the early signing period, it all ties together in a sure, way. Yeah. But back to the original point Ohio State needs Cam Martinez. Oh, yeah. I think they, they absolutely need him. I think he's a home run prospect. Now, that's not to say the other guys aren't. I think Court Williams can be an All American. I think he's fantastic. I think Lathan Ransom can be an All American. And I think Ryan Watts can be a big time contributor. At an early he's, part he's in his career. I think the what, what you really like out of Cam Martinez is the versatility. Not only can he play in the slot and play back in the high safety spot if you have to, but he can return punts, he can return kicks, he can play offense if it works out that way. And that's the thing. Ohio State, you know, the, the idea is to start his career at defense. But if they need something at wide receiver, they know that they it's, can move him. He, in a weird way, he kind of reminds me of the, the defensive version of Jalen Marshall. Jalen Marshall, you put him in the backfield, give him a handoff, you right. take him on a jet sweep, you send him on a deep route, he would catch every Play he, quarterback. He, yeah, and, and he could return punts, return kicks. Well, Cam Martinez can play corner, he can play safety, he can come up in the box and make a tackle. Oh, and he can return punts and kicks. Yeah, and he can play wide receiver, yeah. and he can play quarterback, and running back. The, the versatility that he provides, yeah. 
it's almost like uh, I always related to on the old NCAA video games. You'd recruit the athlete, right. and you got to choose where you put him. You need a Swiss Army knife guy like him back yeah. there, and, and that's why Ohio State has stayed obviously very much in contact with Cam since he did not sign. He is a still a priority for them, for f- fans out there. And I've read it on the interwebs. I've read it. I've read it on the message board. Oh, just move on from him. Like, no, they they don't invest that much time and effort into these kids just to move on from them. And also, guess what? The early signing period means eighty five percent of the prospects around the country are signed. Who are you going to move on to? Right. The, and the exactly. thing, the last thing I'll say about Cam Martinez, so we can move on to another prospect and not, you know, beat a dead horse here, is Cam Martinez. His his three schools that we presume he's looking at: Northwestern. Minnesota and Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't recruit against Northwestern, and it doesn't recruit against Minnesota. For so for Ohio State to stay as active as it is, trying to get Cam Martinez shows you how much of a priority he is to this coaching staff. Yeah, it shows you how important they 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 value him so much more than I think people realize. Before he committed to Ohio State, Cam was also very interested in Penn State, very interested in Kentucky. He had started to have some contact with Clemson. So there's other schools out there that are are floating around, and you just don't want to open that door any further. And that's why it's so important. That Ryan Day spreads the message of, hey, we have our guy if they have their guy. And I, I do think they have their guy. So, anyway, let's move on. This week, uh, it's the Army All, not Army, it's the All American Bowl week. Uh, it is the Under Armour All American Game week down in Florida. All American week in San Antonio. I'm not there because I'm here because honestly, I don't know that there's a lot of value for me to cover a bunch of kids who are already committed. Um, it, there's not a lot of breaking news down in that region. Yeah, it's a good opportunity to get pictures and stuff, but I'd rather spend some time with the family after missing. Can can we start the All America Bowl talk with the fact that Julian Fleming looked like a college wide receiver on a forty two yard touchdown pass already? I mean, there's a huge difference between watching a high school kid catch a forty yard touchdown pass and yeah. watching a Ohio an Ohio State wide receiver catch a forty two yard touchdown pass. Fleming looked like the latter. He looks ready to play already. Well, all those guys that get here to to Columbus on Monday, all right. So there's thirteen Early enrollees arriving on Monday. We can break those down if, if, if that's where we want to go here. But Fleming is as advertised. And I think the most important thing about those type of games, those sort of uh, opportunities to go out and show where you fit into the hierarchy of, of national prospects, is that Julian has not had to play against good players. Yeah, they're just not there in rural Pennsylvania. They're just not. So he's the guy, right? And every other good player in that area is on his team. So uh, for him to go down to Florida and play against the best of the best and to still show without a shadow of a doubt that he's the most dominant player on that field uh, is telling. It's, it's what you'd expect from somebody of his you know, projection, but still you have to go out and do it, and he's he's done that again. Yeah, he's I, – I can't say enough about him. His highlight tape speaks for itself, and then you watch something like that in the All-America game. Yeah. You know, he's playing against very good competition that's going – you know, that – other guys are going to compete for national titles on other rosters, and he catches a touchdown pass and makes it look very, very easy. Yeah, I watched a lot of highlights of, of Jacoby Cowan down at that camp, uh, you know, the practices and stuff for that game, and he looked really explosive. And again, I, I think, you know, I've seen Cowan on tape, and you wonder, like, does he have the right motor to come in and fit at a place like Ohio State? But then you see him when he's forced to play against guys of his own status. And you saw, like, I mean, he's got a really quick first step, really looked good. He's another guy that will be enrolling early on Monday. Um, the, but the, the ball just kind of 
pops out. I wanted to make this a point. The ball just kind of pops out of C.J. Stroud's. Yeah, I mean, ball. he he's I over mean, in San Antonio working in the All-American game, and the reports out of there from both the folks at Rivals.com and 247, which, you know, you're talking about the national recruiting networks and the people that really indicate or, or impact national rankings. Both websites this week have had stories about should C.J. Stroud be moved to five-star. Uh, and and I think that there's an inclination that he's going to be uh, based on the fact that, again, he's such a late bloomer, goes out, wins the Elite 11 this, this past summer. Now he's dominating at the uh, All-American Bowl week. The, the reports are just glowing for him. Um, obviously, you have five-star quarterbacks out there in California already and Bryce Young and DJ Ukulele, however you pronounce ukulele. it. Yeah, ukulele. It's pretty crazy to me. Everybody always looks back at that quarterback room at Ohio State with JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins, and Joe Burrow, right? Now you're going to have Justin Fields, an Elite 11 winner, right? He won the Elite 11 with C.J. Stroud and another quarterback that everyone seems to be forgetting about that was a high-rated four-star prospect until he got hurt, Jack Miller. That quarterback room is going to be loaded. Yeah, I mean, I, and Fields won the Elite 11 by beating Trevor Lawrence, and Stroud won the Elite 11 by beating DJ Ukulele, however you pronounce Ohio State Clemson. The, so, the connections just continue to I, grow. I don't know that his last name is pronounced Ukulele, but it sounds like sweet, sweet music to me. <laughs> um, so he's been over there in San Antonio balling. I mean, you're going to watch him. You can watch him on Saturday morning, uh, noon Eastern on NBC. That or, game. or you can watch... Sean Wade's decision at noon and then flip over to that game because well, Letterman Rose. You can do both that because one. yeah. one's going to be on the television and one can be on your internet and That's computer true. and TV That's true. and tablet and everything else. So um, that game was Saturday. C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba was likely not to play. He did bang up his leg earlier this week and he's probably going to sit out. Um, but there you also have G. Scott, you have Paris Johnson, you have Luke Whippler. There's a ton of guys down there. Luke Whippler's receiving some pretty uh, yeah, decent so, reviews out of that camp as well. So you can really uh, get a, a good feel for what is coming to Ohio State's campus if you watch the All-American game on NBC on Saturday. Um, and I guess we'll talk about it because it's the you know final piece of the puzzle for Ohio State and really helps determine how the 2020 class breaks down. Sean Wade's decision is on Saturday. Yourself and Austin Ward are heading down to Jacksonville today to uh, be there for the announcement. To be very clear, we have no idea what the decision is. It's we, like the it's like the college football playoff guys. We don't know until yeah, you know. We, we do don't not, see it until we you do see it. We do not know. Uh, Letterman Live will have uh, Letterman Row will be streaming that live on the website, online uh, on YouTube, and so please make sure you check that out. My belief is that he's going to return. Uh, I know that some other websites around uh, the Ohio State beat don't think that way. I just feel Flip a coin at this point. Yeah, I, I feel like it's trending in that direction. I, I think it's obviously very important for Ohio State because if Sean Wade decides that he's not returning, the need to go out and get maybe three more cornerbacks in this class. Because I still think even if Sean Wade does return, that they need to add one more to Cameron Martinez. It's it's pretty crazy to me when the recruiting world and the football side of things, like both sides just kind of yeah. collide. It doesn't happen often, but... Ohio State basically gained a five-star linebacker yesterday yep. when Baron Browning announced his return. It got its punter back, which is an important position. We saw that in the Fiesta Bowl. The punters dictated sure. some of that game. And now it's going to de- determine whether a five-star cornerback makes his decision and comes back because Sean Wade is, if he was a recruit right now, would be a 99. Yeah. Like Sean- that guy is a five-star. And so... That's three more members of this recruiting class that aren't thought of as recruits. Yeah. But if you can get them to come back, that's huge. And these offensive linemen too. Ohio State's wins in the recruiting site in the 
late signing period, the regular signing period, are coming by guys coming back, yeah. not really wins on the recruiting trail. And I think that's important to talk about when well, you're think, talking about recruiting. Think about that. I mean, between Wyatt Davis, Baron Browning, and potentially Sean Wade, that's three five-star players from the class of 2017. And Josh Josh Myers, too. That would be, And Myers was a five-star for the majority of his uh, recruiting process. Didn't finish that way, but Sean was the number two-ranked cornerback in the country. Okay, I mean, he was only behind Jeff Okuda. And <laughs> that's crazy. So, and, and I think what's important here is that Sean's decision doesn't change the fact that Ohio State needs another cornerback. And I'm not including Cameron Martinez. Like, I even I'm Cam's committed. So, in my mind, he's signing with Ohio State. So, they, they still, still need, need another right, one. They still need another defensive back in this class to replace the loss of Clark Phillips, right? So, now the question is if Sean leaves, do they have to go get two more? And if they, if that comes to fruition, I, they're almost certainly going to look in the transfer portal, and that's when you keep a very eye, a very close eye on the number three ranked cornerback in the 2017 class, which was Darnay Holmes. Yeah, Darnay Holmes. I mean, Darnay Holmes was a coin toss away from being at Ohio State anyway. But Isn't he, he the one who's the kid right, picked his, up the his hat? nephew was pick, was pointing, saying like, "I want you to go to Ohio State." So uh, if if Darnay decides to not go to the NFL, and there's, he's not decided yet. You could very easily see him at Ohio State again, and this all ties in closely to Kerry Combs. If he ends up at Ohio State, Kerry was the guy recruiting Darnay. Kerry was the guy recruiting Sean. I think even if, if Darnay Holmes doesn't go to the NFL, even if Sean comes back, I think Ohio State could make a run for him if he's in the in the transfer portal. It's pretty crazy the the the, the chips that Kerry Combs holds right now because if Kerry Combs is the guy, Sean Wade. I think is likely to come back. Well, I, I, Sean Combs, has to know. That's the thing. Sean has to know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, that's the the one piece of this whole decision puzzle that uh, I we just can't answer. Like we don't know if Ryan Day has told him this is coming. If Kerry, but if Kerry Coombs is the guy, Sean Wade's likely to come back. Darnay Holmes could be in the picture. Cam Martinez likely falls in love with Kerry Coombs because Kerry Coombs is a fantastic recruiter. And the the. The very idea of the Ohio State defense for next year completely shifts. Yeah, I because you go from a, a unit that that is losing a ton to a unit that seems to be well, getting its yeah, footing. I mean, back. you're still losing three starting defensive backs. You're still losing Chase Young. You're still losing two uh, interior defensive linemen that in uh, Devon Hamilton and Robert Landers and that. But like, there's at least a semblance of, of something that you can still piece it's in. It's like pseudo continuity. Yeah, and that's that's what really Kerry Combs provides. And I guess while we're talking continuity. Um, and I, it's hard to stop talking about Kerry Combs because it's so important. And I wrote about that earlier this week. As far as the recruiting to-do list for Ohio State, like that's number one. Figure out who that coach is. If it's Kerry Combs, make sure people know. Number two was the decision this week to retain and promote Corey Dennis to f- replace Mike Yersich. And when you're talking about continuity, that's the primary reason why this happens. It's not because De- uh, Corey Dennis is such a – a fast rising coach in the business, and he's done a good job. He's he's put in his time. He's put Dwayne in. Dwayne Haskins called him his quarterback coach. But so. Corey Dennis, what he provides is the opportunity for 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 Justin Fields, for C.J. Stroud, for Jack Miller. They know this guy, right? And Ryan Day is the de facto quarterbacks coach, anyhow. So Corey gets an opportunity to be a recruiter, to be a stabilizer, to be a, a guy who finds and makes things feel cohesive, and then develop. As a coach, this this quarterback coaching spot's interesting to me because make no mistake, like you said, Ryan Day is the quarterbacks coach, right. and so I think he just wants somebody he trusts. And I've been saying that for a couple weeks now since we 
kind of started to realize that Mike Yersich, the writing was on the wall for Mike Yersich. He wants somebody he can trust. And I named a couple people, you know, off the record that I thought maybe he might be able to trust that he might be able to bring in. But then you look at Corey Dennis, and a lot of people thought when he was there with Urban Meyer, it was kind of a nepotism thing. Yeah. Now Ryan Day can trust him. He's earned Ryan Day's trust. And I think that's important for Ryan Day as a quarterback's coach, not as a head coach, to be able to trust his number two for the quarterback. It's interesting because, I mean, Dennis was all but ink, penciled in or written in ink to go to Colorado that, State. That interview, I mean, the press conference was with, with Day, he got a big smile on his face and said, well, they haven't made anything official yet. I'm not going to confirm yeah, it. I mean, he was out the door. Yeah, I mean, he obviously knew that Mike Yersich was going to be leaving at that point, and I think that Ohio State was going to be fine either way. I mean, it, Ryan Day would have had a backup plan, but for those who are concerned about Corey Dennis and his lack of experience, like, it doesn't matter. Number, There's three things that Ohio State really gains out of this. They gain cohesiveness with the recruiting. They gain a guy that they trust. But they also gain probably half a million dollars or yeah. more. Yeah. And when you talk about Mike Yersich, who was making a million bucks a year, now you have an additional six hundred grand or so. I, I mean, I don't know how much Dennis is going to make. I would assume he, he will enter as the lowest paid assistant. assistant. And back when you know Urban Meyer started at Ohio State, Zach Smith was making like a hundred and sixty grand a year or something like I that. I think what all of this means. There's more money to spend on Kerry Combs. Brian Hartline is going to get paid. All right. There's more money to spend on Kerry Combs. There's more money to make sure that Brian Hartline gets a raise that he deserves. There's more money to make Al Washington and those other guys get raises that they deserve. And all these things tie in. Like they're all playing in. You know, with Corey Dennis, that it's pretty unlikely he's going to go anywhere else for a couple of years until he's feeling like he can step out on his own. And learning from Ryan Day to coach quarterbacks is a pretty good way to go. So. We have not talked stuff in a while, and I could talk a lot of stuff today. Oh, boy. Let's talk, talk more next week. But let's, we'll get together, uh, talk more stuff next week. Spencer Holbrook is heading down to Jacksonville, Florida. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. I'm going to cover some basketball tonight, and uh, that's going to be it. So uh, we'll talk to you next time, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Stuff on LettermanRow.com.